Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. to the Steve Jones Show this Wednesday afternoon. This is Greg Wetzel, and Steve will be joining us very soon in the Sunbury Motors studio. Another nice day here in the Susquehanna Valley. Why don't we take a look at some of the local sports action that involves some Valley teams overnight and last weekend. District action began this week for a bunch of local schools in football. Uh, Class 2A, Mount Carmel and Southern Columbia both won this weekend and will meet this weekend in the semifinals in Class 2A. In Class 3A, Warrior Run defeated Mifflinburg and will advance to the semifinals to play Loyal Sock. Lewisburg defeated Montoursville, and Danville defeated Athens, and those two teams will meet Friday night in the semifinals of Class 3A with the winners to be play next week, uh, the winners of the Warrior Run Loyal Sock game. In Class 4A, Seals Grove defeated Shikalimi, and Jersey Shore defeated Milton, and those two teams will meet in the 4A finals this week. I believe that's at Seals Grove, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, state tournament has begun in soccer for both boys and girls and also in field hockey. And the Shiklimi girls advanced to the state quarterfinals with a 5-1 victory over Southern Lehigh last night in girls soccer. Uh, second year in a row, I believe, that they won the first game of uh, the state tournament. And the Sealands Grove boys defeated Whitehall by a score of 7-0 and advanced to the quarterfinals in states. The Midwest boys soccer team, though, was defeated by Blue Mountain by a score of 2-0, and their season does come to a close, along with Meadowbrook Christian girls who lost by a score of 7-0 to Doc Mennonite, and their season is now over. In field hockey action, Seals Grove was defeated by Gwynedd Mercy by a score of 2-0, and their season comes to an end. Lewisburg defeated Newport by a score of 2-1 and advances to the quarterfinals in states. They will play Susquehanna at a site to be determined on Saturday. The field hockey teams from Midwest and Central Columbia were both defeated this this uh, last past last night, and their seasons are over. Uh, the Valley had a successful weekend in cross country as the Danville girls won the state title in Class 2A. Uh, they they finished first for cross-country championships. They had four runners in the top 30, a really dominant performance by the Danville girls team. Bailey Espinosa was the overall winner from Lewisburg. She won uh, the state 2A title in cross-country. And boys' action in 2A, uh, the Lewisburg boys' team, Jonathan Hess, finished fifth. The team finished fifth. Uh, let's see, uh, there was a spare kid uh, from um, Danville who finished ninth, I believe, and uh, Ryan Bickhart from Milton finished 15th. So it was a pretty good weekend for cross-country in District 4. Uh, this week, let's see, Lewis, um, 
I said Lewisburg plays Montoursville. Southern Columbia will play Mount Carmel. Those will two games we'll be watching closely, along with Jersey Shore and Seals Grove in football. This week, Michigan takes on Penn State up at Penn State. That game is at noon on uh, 1070 WKOK. Uh, Bucknell plays basketball tonight against Penn. And I believe Friday night they play, I'm sorry, Penn State plays basketball Friday night. Bucknell plays again this weekend. I believe it's Friday night, too, but I'm not sure of their opponent. So we have a lot of things going on locally in sports. You want to make sure you get on the lines today and you get call Steve. He'll soon be in the studio. We can go from there. Uh, some other things that are going on in the Valley is they're getting ready for the fall sports season to start. I'm sure physicals are coming up for the local schools and uh, parent meetings with the coaches for the winter sports teams. But I think it's been a pretty successful year for high school sports in our area. As uh, you've seen, Seals Grove, I think, probably is maybe the dominant team in, in District 4 in all classes. They have a really nice offense uh, led by Tucker Teets at the running back position. They've gone through pretty pretty good through their season. They haven't had many close games. They played their, of course, their closest game was against Jersey Shore. That was a 21-21 tie earlier in the year. Warrior Run has had a nice comeback season uh, in football. They were defeated by Mifflinburg, I think, about three weeks ago, 28-21, and turned their season around and beat Mifflinburg 21-14 in the first round of districts. So congratulations to the Warrior Run defenders. <coughs> Lewisburg also turned their season around. They had a tough beginning of the season. They started out uh, two and five. They ended up the season five and five. They're currently six and five. They lost to Montoursville double overtime earlier in the year by a score of 21 to 14, and turned that around this weekend with a 29-14 victory over the Warriors in the first round of districts. And again, this Southern Columbia Mount Carmel game this weekend is going to be one to enjoy watching because Mount Carmel beat them pretty handily in uh, the regular season game, throwing throwing the ball pretty well that game against Southern Columbia. But Southern Columbia lost to them last year during the regular season, then came back and dominated them in the district, the first round of districts. And the other thing in that Class 2A division is our area doesn't hear a lot about for the teams from up north, but Troy is really a fine football team. They've come down twice into this the valley this um, season, and Sally defeated Loyal Sock, and they also defeated Montoursville. So uh, that's, that's a pretty good football team. It'll be interesting to see the winner of that Mount Carmel Southern game probably will be taking on uh, Troy. I think Troy plays Lime Mountain this week, which could be a good game, but uh, that, that, that'll that be fun to watch that 2A district final this week. Uh, again, it's a beautiful day. Hopefully you're, you're listening to your radio. We're getting ready to, uh, again, welcome Steve into the studio soon, and I'm sure he'll be talking some about Penn State football today. Also, maybe basketball. Talked to some people who were at the Penn State basketball game this week, and they uh, really like the athleticism of the team. 
they think they think they're more athletic than they were last year. I haven't been able to see the team this year yet. I hope to get up to game soon to watch them play. But they were very impressed with the athleticism of the Penn State basketball team, and they think they'll have a pretty pretty good year this year in the in the Big Ten. They think they can be very competitive in the Big Ten. One thing that I'm looking forward to at Penn State is the wrestling season coming up. Um, they have their first home match, I don't think is, or first dual meet match, I don't think is in to the first weekend of December. They have a couple tournaments coming up, but they have a, a team that's uh, pretty well set uh, with Carter Storacci coming back this year. They have a, a lineup that possibly could qualify all 10 kids for the national tournament this year, and that would be something that Penn State hasn't done for a long, long time. Field hockey team at Penn State, and volleyball is still in their regular season, but field hockey and soccer are getting ready for the postseason tournament. Also, and I talk boys and girls soccer getting ready for the postseason tournaments, and uh, we'll see how they fare in, the, in those tournaments. See, I, I, what else can we talk about <laughs> as we're waiting for Steve to get here? Um, again, it's it's a right now. It's a, just a nice time to be outside in the fall. Get outside and ride some bike. Right now, tomorrow's supposed to be another beautiful day. They can get out in the out and about uh, again and, and support these high school, local high school teams. Friday night football games. Uh, and the other, one thing you have to know about the Friday night games in football and postseason in field hockey and soccer, you just can't go and buy a ticket and walk into the games. You have to go to the local District 4 PIAA website and purchase your tickets online in order to get into the game. That's something that's changed in the last several years. Uh, so make sure you get your tickets before you go to those games because you just can't go up and pay cash for a ticket anymore. Uh, right now, can we can we take a quick break and come back here quick for the Steve Jones Show? Okay, we're back here at the Steve Jones Show. Steve will be joining us soon in the Sunbury Motor Studio. Uh, right now, it's something we could t talk about maybe a little as free agent season in baseball. Three managers were hired this week, and probably the one that surprised me the most was Craig Council from Milwaukee to Chicago, making him a high-paid manager, I guess the highest-paid manager in baseball right now. I think that was a surprising move because Craig Council is just somebody you just associated with uh, the Milwaukee organization. But... You know, the team I like to root for in baseball are the Phillies, and they have some real decisions to make with whether they want to hire or not hire, re-sign Aaron Nola or Reese Hoskins. Uh, th those are two of the big ones that they have to look at. I'm interested to know what other people feel about that. Um, I'm... I'm kind of the feeling where I, I really don't care about uh, uh, like Craig Kimbrell if he comes back or not. But Reese Hoskins, where are they going to play him if he does come back, and who are they going to sit if he does come back? Aaron Nola, you know uh, how much how much are you willing to pay for the, your number two pitcher? And I think that's that's something the Phillies have to look at down the road. Is there anybody out there better than Aaron Nola? Uh, I know they made him a qualifying offer, and uh, I think it was like twenty point six million dollars for the qualifying offer. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, that that's pretty good for a wow. number two pitcher, Steve. 
Uh, it is. I'm just not really on, on board with you walk in and, like, let me make this simple for you. I want soup money. Yeah. I, mean, I just don't, you know, I'm sorry. I'm just... I mean, it doesn't work for me, Greg. I, I understand that. You know, Steve, I didn't know how they came up with that $20.6 million qualifying offer. Oh, it's Major League Baseball. Nobody knows. Well, I, I heard, and I don't know if this is true, they take the top 100 or 150 salaries of of baseball players, take the average of that, and that's what the qualifying offer becomes. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what that's what I was told. No, there's sometimes there's simple math. Yeah. For example, why are there nine point nine scholarships in wrestling? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you want to know why? They have to meet a quota or something with nope. Title Nine? Nope. No? It, it, it was eleven. Okay. And they cut back scholarships ten percent. Ten percent. And so it's one point one. That's right. That's how you get nine point nine. Yeah. That's, That's a simple explanation. That's because I'm a simple guy. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's the key. Okay. I am a simple guy. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, how are you doing today? Great. It's a beautiful day. It is nice. Out. Couldn't go golfing today, but it was a beautiful day. Well, because you couldn't go golfing because somebody made you come in and do this. They did. So I played pickleball in the morning. How do you like that? I enjoy it, Steve. I, I really do. It's a lot of quick movements. Um, I work up a pretty good sweat playing pickleball. Hmm. Yeah, I enjoy it a lot. Jack and I were talking about that. Okay. We both voted no. <laughs> no, I enjoy it. It's, it's not as if I never played tennis in my life. I like playing tennis. Mm -hmm. I, I realize it's a more confined court. Yes, and I went down to Hilton Head Island. Oh yeah! At the end, at the end of April, beginning of May last year, mm -hmm. to make a speech. And when I was down there, I was walking, and I went for a walk, and I ended up getting to essentially the country store. Okay. And so I'm on the phone with, with my wife. Yeah, I was talking to her about, hey, it's nice, beautiful here, whatever. And in the background, you hear, doom, 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 doom. because on the other side of the country store were the pickleball courts. Yep. Like, said, what is that? I says, uh, pickleball. She says, what's that? Well, I said, it's confined tennis. Uh, yeah, I, truthfully, I, I use a lot of my ping pong skills in pickleball. Hmm. You know, it's it's all played on a badminton court essentially, mm -hmm. and uh, but yeah, with the paddle and stuff, I use a lot of my ping pong skills from uh, pickleball. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wouldn't have thought. Wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, with spin um, and stuff like that that you can put on the ball. Oh. Yeah. How about that. Yep. Very impressive. <laughs> um, well, now, tom you, would, you didn't see me play, so I wouldn't say that yet. Well, I mean, it's not, it, again, it's not something I play. I mean, God, yeah. For a long time, I love playing golf, tennis. I like playing anything. Mm -hmm. Basketball. Yep. Right? All that stuff. I really enjoyed it. Um, and, but I, I didn't, I, and I know people that play it like you, and they love it and swear by it. Mm -hmm. Does... As you get older, the fact that it's more of a confined court, is that part of the draw? Oh, 
Oh, I believe so. But you know, it's like anything, Steve. It started out as an, an older person's game, and the young yeah. people are taking it over. You know, they, yeah. they, they really are making a career out of it. Some some people are making a career out of playing pickleball now, you know. Right. No, I know. Yeah. yeah, I've seen it. And, and it's, but it was essentially made for old, a game for older people because you don't have to run a lot. Um, it's like you say, it's a lot of quick movements. Uh, right. And let me say this: I work up a heck of a se- sweat, Steve, playing right. the game. Okay. But it doesn't get me in shape to, for walking the golf course, if that makes sense. Right. No, I understand that. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. So that's why I have to go on the treadmill in the winter and and, and, and do that type of, type of stuff. Well, we're going to talk to Bill Bender in the next half hour from Sporting News. Okay. Sounds good. And this will be a lot of fun to talk with him, get his perspective. Michigan is doing a lot of this. Look at the hand over here stuff. Like, please, just knock it off. Now, look, oh, they gave the signs to. Now, whoa, 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 whoa. Guess what is legal and illegal? Okay? Right. Under the rules, that's not illegal. You can talk about ethics all you want, but it's not against the rules. What you're accused of is. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, best in new inventory with great warranties. Fabulous pre owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Terrific service department. That backs it up every step of the way. Routine to difficult, they handle it all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And now joined by the outstanding Bill Bender, Sporting News. Too long since you've been on the show, but Bill, thanks so much for the time. Yeah, and I got a good story for you right off the bat. I, I was taking my son home from his last football game a couple weeks ago and we popped on the Penn State broadcast toward the end and you made the call on the touchdown you know with Indi- against Indiana late and I Grant was like that was really good and I was like he and when we got home we watched it, I was like Steve's the best because I pictured in my head exactly how it happened you are still the best man it's great to talk to you well that is very kind of Grant and you to say that thank you very much I appreciate it well, yeah, right. and, and, and you know, go ahead. Let's let's no, just no. talk like we always do. Let's yeah, go. like we always do. And you wrote, I think you wrote the column that others should have been thinking about. But this is why we like having you on because you you think big picture here. Penn State could answer Big Ten question with Michigan where it counts, and that is on the field this week. There's a lot of talk, but you you zeroed in on where it counts, Bill. I was curious for the starter. As to, you know, I listened to James Franklin's, watched it, uh, his press conference, and he seemed very matter of fact. You know, he didn't, he was actually highly complimentary of the Michigan football team. 
You know, he spent three minutes talking about their depth chart. And I think I saw a heightened focus in this game and, and those kind of things. And like I said, so tomorrow, let's theorize. We can talk about it. We have to. Um, if the Big Ten, whatever they decide with Michigan, if it's tomorrow, a week from now, whenever, it's not going to make everybody happy. It's either it's not even going to make people happy that got their way because they're going to want more punishment. And um, so for me, it's like, what do you really want? You want to see somebody beat them on the field. You want to see a Penn State beat them on the field or Ohio State or Georgia or whoever. And this is Penn State's chance to do it. All of this talk about the sign stealing and the merits of it and what's gray and not gray, in between those lines, as James Franklin said, in between that 53 and a third, it's not gray. It's, it's black and white, and we'll find out who wins the game. One thing I find interesting is that till this week, I really hadn't watched Michigan because, you know, as a you know, when you get home, you're a fan. So I want to watch a good game, and there was never a compelling game leading in. And I watched it this week. And you can see they're really, really good. But what does that say about the schedule, Bill? That there wasn't really a game that had the whole country juiced and anxious to watch them. I mean, I think it's been a while. And I've watched, you know, a lot of Michigan, a lot of Penn State, a lot of Ohio State this year. And, you know, Michigan the last three weeks, one trend I noticed and one thing that if there was a question James Franklin took more than anything else this week, it was about, what was it about? The interior run defense. Because Michigan rushed for 400 yards in this game last year. And the last three weeks, Michigan has averaged less than four yards per carry. And that would be the concern. Because if you get on the road – and what else did James Franklin talk about? Uh, getting behind the sticks. Mm-hmm. So this is my way of saying he was very on point. That might have been his best press conference of the year because he's telling you everything that matters most in this game, and I agree with him 100%. Well, what's interesting is Blake Corm, I think I've got this right, has 16 touchdowns this season rushing, which is phenomenal. And he's a quality player. But all 16 for, are inside the five-yard line. Yeah, they're, they're good in the red zone. So their running yeah. game still, when they get close, they there's no bones about what they're doing. They're lining it up and getting behind those All-American guards, and they're putting the ball in the end zone. Blake Corm also, good kid, too. You know, I've been around him a little bit, Big Ten Media Day. Um, good success story coming off that injury. Um so that will be the key, red zone defense in this game. And I was I got to see you very briefly in Columbus. Yeah. And the key in that game was very similar, is that it really came down to a lot of third and shorts yeah. both ways. And I think the difference in that game and what Michigan doesn't have that Ohio State does is they have Marvin Harrison. <laughs> and uh, yeah. he's the best player in the conference. No question. When you look at uh, McCarthy, this is one that Jim has put a lot of effort into. Not a transfer, homegrown. It looks to me, Bill, like he gets better each season. When you watch him, where do you think he's better? Letting, knowing when the play is over. Mm-hmm. He's made less mistakes. On He is a tremendous at extending plays. But last year when he would extend a play, he would maybe run backwards, fumble, throw an ill-advised pass he doesn't make a lot of mistakes he is a separator for them he's been a, I think he's he's what has put them over the top as far as Michigan teams go this year because he's been very good in that intermediate passing game 
He's established a really good connection with Roman Wilson. He's taken the next step. And I don't want to say polarizing, but he has that look, and I think Jim Harbaugh aptly described him, a, a little bit of Brady, which anytime you say Brady, people lose their minds, and a little <laughs> bit of Jim McMahon in, and a little bit of Jim McMahon in his game, which I can see it. No. He, you know, he plays with confidence and swagger. Well, mm-hmm. if I had his ability, I'd play with confidence and swagger too. <laughs> yeah, and, and he – I think so much of that came from them beating Ohio State in Columbus last year in a game where they didn't have Blake. He was able to go in there make a couple throws, and it was huge. Now, on the other side – and I was in the Penn State. I went after Penn State lost to Ohio State. I went to the Penn State pressers. And I came away so impressed with Drew Aller after that press conference because I talked. This is another lesson I did with Grant. I said, listen, Drew had a rough game, but he was open about it. He was emotional. That's okay. And and as that press conference went on with Drew, I noticed something, and I, I know the Penn State reporters did too, is kind of composed himself a little bit more each time. And then it was like, okay and you could see how much it means to him i was totally impressed by him and been even more impressed with his play the last two weeks he's going to need to take some shots and hit them against this michigan secondary for penn state to uh it's not an upset for them to get this win against the top 10 teams that's right no it's not an upset i mean you're playing at home you have talent um so I want to get one quick quorum story so everybody knows the kind of quality kid this is. Last year, of course, he, he gets hurt. He's out. And as Bill just mentioned, he doesn't play it against Ohio State. He had made a commitment to hand out turkeys on Thanksgiving Day. He showed up and handed them all out. And, you know, I mean, that tells you something about it. It wasn't a woe is me thing. Hey, this is going to help other people who did. So, again... Believe it or not, yes, people, Michigan has quality kids, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they both do. And then, then Olu, yeah. the other one in the locker room after the yeah. press conference room there in Ohio State after, uh, very measured. He, he he is mature. He sounds like a 10-year NFL tackle. Yeah. I mean, like, all right now. And with the the way that he carries himself, and he, you know, he kind of admitted, yeah, this one hurts a little more, but – we have it's our responsibility to go about our business and do the things necessary. I can't be more impressed with him um, as well. So there are good kids. The adults are messing things up, at least on some level. But these kids on both sides of this game, um, worth the price of admission, a lot of them. Agreed. And that's that's part of the fun of the job. Part of the fun of the job is getting to meet quality young people that – represent themselves so well the tough part of the job is having to deal with the ancillary stuff so what has been your impression of the information that has come out about sign stealing and how Michigan has so far in its way reacted to it well it sounds like depending on what the Big Ten decides and this has kind of been my read on the situation from the word go is if there's wrongdoing found and it goes beyond what Connor Stallions was doing, I think the one that hits me the most, the sending third-party scouts to other stadiums, not a fan because it's against the rules, but I'm kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. Trading signals with other coaches, you can't just say it, everybody does it. Well, if everybody does it, then what are we doing? And the one that hits me, though, is if – and it's alleged right now. If that was him on the Central Michigan sideline, that's wrong. 
That's the yeah. most flagrant thing that's wrong to me and should be punished on some level. And I thought all along the suitable punishment, at least in the short term, if Jim, if they can link anything to Jim Harbaugh, which they haven't, but they they need to, it would be to take him off the field for a couple games. And I don't know that that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to take Michigan off the field and make them ineligible when they can do that later, which the NCAA does. Mm-hmm. And they let it play. That's what I said. If Penn State beats them on the field, on some level, problem solved because it right. triggers that possibility for a quirky Big Ten East tiebreaker, which we can talk about that if you want. Yeah. <laughs> and it is quirky. Uh, the Penn State's win over Iowa has more magnitude than people realize on this because uh, Jack Ham and I, Jack, Jack and I were driving back from Maryland on Saturday. And so he asked me about it, and I said, Jack, I haven't even bothered to look at it. I didn't want to look at it until it got to the week of the Michigan game. And I looked at it. I think, Bill, as usual, you came up with the best word. It's quirky. Right. Yeah, and, and so for the listeners that don't know, what will happen if Penn State wins and Michigan beats Ohio State in Ann Arbor, you would have a three-way tie, three eleven and one teams, and you go all the way down, I believe it's the fourth or fifth tiebreaker, and this takes a lot to say on the air. It would be their Big Ten West opponent's conference winning percentage right. would determine who goes to Indianapolis. And if you look at that right now, the advantage would go to the Nittany Lions. Their Big Ten West opponents have an 8 and I think it's 8 and 10 conference winning percentage. And Ohio State and Michigan, 7 and 11. So they're a game back. So rooting for Penn State, you have to turn on the Iowa game. You have to turn on. They played Northwestern. You have to turn on Northwestern. And make, and Big Ten West football is its own, you want to talk about drama, that's its own like Shakespeare couldn't write about that, man. Well, I'll tell you one that off the air we've had a little fun with, you know, and I've, I've told the story on this show. But Jack and I could care less about gambling in any way, shape, or form. The only one we do have a little fun about is what the over and under is on an Iowa game. <laughs> right, right. Oh, I mean, my my boss is an Iowa grad, Elliot Ponnell, and he, okay. he's a great boss. And so we have so much fun with him every week about this. And, you know, there's something to be said about how they're doing it, but, you know, it really is amazing that they could end up in Indianapolis or Minnesota could end up in Indianapolis or even Wisconsin. It's a... Uh, you know, problem solved next year with, with the reinforcements right. coming in from the West Coast. But in the short term, it does. I don't know if you saw that tweet from the Sickos committee about they made the Iowa-Northwestern game a silent film, put it in black and white. It is <laughs> hysterical. I think I retweeted it Sunday. I was in tears laughing about how good it was. Uh, and, and this week, by the way, they went from 30.5 Minnesota – 29.5 Northwestern. This week with Rutgers, that's how it was 28.5. <laughs> like, really? It's how down to 28.5. And, yeah. and Rutgers, Rutgers coming off an Ohio State loss, that may hit the under. This may be a 13 to 10 rock fight. I, uh, it, it's amazing. Well, that's funny that I think Ohio or Michigan Penn State will have more points than Iowa nor, or Iowa Rutgers. The more you think about it with these defenses that Penn State and Michigan have. And, again, James Franklin talked about this. You're not talking about Penn State against 
just another Michigan team. You're talking about Penn State against a Michigan team that has allowed less than seven points per game. And you're talking about a Penn State defense that, despite losing in Columbus, they only gave up 20 points. You would think that if you give up 20 points or less in this game, right. you're going to have a chance to win. Exactly. Uh, look, you saw Penn State, Ohio State, and then there are other times you probably caught them on TV along the way. What is your general impression of Penn State? I think this defense is really good. I do. I think they, they got to avoid a slow start this week. They need to they need to get the crowd into it early because Michigan hasn't had to have that moment where they're like, oh, man, we're down seven. Oh, we're down ten. got to get this first down. And the pressure starts to build a little bit. They need to have a fast start. That might sound like, well, no kidding. But they do have a defense that can keep you in a game for four quarters. And I go back to the Ohio State game. One of the key moments in that game, they get a fumble from Kyle McCord. They get a touchdown. You guys have talked about this. Uh, the holding call brings that touchdown back. If there's not a defensive hold on that play, the entire complexion of that game changes. And who comes up with that moment in the first half of this game? Is it Michigan? Is it a turnover? Their secondary is pretty darn good. Or is it Penn State coming up with a fumble? And, and like I said, getting that crowd into it. Having home field advantage matters. And it probably matters in more in games like this. What energizes you about the job today? Because everybody gets in the job, they're excited, they're enthusiastic. What what gets the juices flowing for you now at this stage? <laughs> I've been doing it for a while, you know, and, and uh, I know. I'm in my early forties. I, I I think you know, part of the excitement kind of circles back to my my kids uh, having a seventh grade boy and a fourth grade girl, and that. Bella and Grant are into sports as well, and you want to teach them to like these sports for the right way, the right yeah. reasons. And, uh, you know, when I watch a college football game, and I, I, I try my best not let to let my cynicism outweigh what you're watching. Because at the end of the day, for all this stuff going off the field, I'm like, man, Michigan-Penn State's going to be pretty cool. And, and yeah. Michigan-Ohio State's going to be cool. And, and the 12-team playoff, for all my reservations about it, it's probably going to be pretty cool because in a year like this year, all three of those teams would be in the field. Yeah. Yeah. No, ex- exactly. That's, that's the one, the 12 team playoff thing. Uh, when it first came out, I said, well, four, maybe eight. Right. But to be honest with you, after watching everything play out the last couple of years, I know how Georgia's won the last two. Geez, Bill, I feel like. At least in that upper crust area, there's maybe the teams are a little closer together in terms of being bunched together. I think that people realize in terms of quality of play. I don't know what you think. The top ten is very much like that. The gap yeah. between so who's ten now? Is Penn State ten? Ten. Penn State was um, ten, and I'll, I'll rope Louisville in at eleven and yep. say the gap between Georgia and Louisville isn't what it was two years ago when Georgia had the. Uh, the super friends all-american all-star team out there beating up on everybody and i I think the the getability factor on georgia is there now it's a matter of can Ole miss or alabama or the big 10 east champion actually go out and do it actually impressed with how kirby's coached that team this year with the brock bowers injury um but yeah that's what makes this year exciting is texas is still in the mix um these Pac-12 teams are playing good football, and yeah. we still have two more legs with the two Big Ten, the three Big Ten East teams. And you know, we're November. It's already a November 11th. I can't believe that either. I know that's amazing. Uh, 
And that's and this is what makes it fun. These games make it fun, no question. It is always great to talk with you because see, Bill and I don't do the Q and A thing. We just talk. <laughs> I learned that from one of our colleagues, Dave Jones, who does a fantastic job oh, covering yeah. the Nittany Lions. You, yep. you want to just like we were sitting in our living rooms and uh, talking about a game or sitting at a bar. That's the best way to do it. The best radio interviews and like I said, as a top Steve, it's a big reason why you're one of the best in my book. Well, Bill, you're one of the best in my book. There's a long list of reasons why. Thank you so much. Uh, you always bring such clarity to what's going on, and you know, you're just one of those guys that gets it. Thanks so much. <laughs> I appreciate it. You guys have a great weekend. Appreciate you. That is Bill Bender, Sporting News. Great to have him on the show today. We will take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment. Today's show. Brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. That these just there's so many people that I'm so fortunate to know in this business. Bill Bender's one of them. I'm really, just really fortunate to know Bill, and uh, came here to do an interview years ago, and we sat down and. The Penn State practice field, and, we just, and the interview was—I think it was about Trace McSorley. Then when we were done. We just sat there and talked for an hour. And that's just the way he is. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Your home for news, AccuWeather, and sports. Celebrating 90 years of serving the Susquehanna Valley. We are WKOK Sunbury.